Hello and welcome to another episode of At Night with Vaughn. Firstly, I have to apologise for there being no new show last Monday. The guest I had lined up unfortunately couldn't make it and I never had enough time to secure another one. So with that being said, tonight's guest is Cara and she's here to tell us about some of the strange encounters she had growing up staying with her grandma. I especially enjoyed this interview as the conversation takes really interesting detours yet still seems to fit the subject. So without any further delay, let's dive right into the interview. Well, I guess I'll start. Uh, My name is Cara and I live in Florida, but this encounter happened up in the very middle of nowhere upstate New York. It's a lot older up there than it is here. A lot of the buildings are a lot older. There's a lot more history. Um, For most of my life, I actually had been told by my grandmother that, yes, spirits are real, spirits are here. In fact, your grandfather lives in this house, or he is still in this house. So she used to always tell us the story about uh, how he when he died, he had all the combinations to all the safes, he had all the he had all the financial stuff. She had access to none of it. She didn't even know the combination to their safe. And so when he died, she was like, oh my god, all my money's in that safe. What am I gonna do? And apparently she walked into the bathroom where the safe was, and it was wide open. He never left it open. So That was just one thing that I grew up hearing in the house, but my first actual encounter with something in the house, um, I was maybe seven or eight, and, you know, all my cousins knew. This house is haunted, my grandpa's still here, he's somewhere, um, but we were down in the basement, we're telling scary stories, and we used to talk about, we used to make the boiler room, like this horrible, like, spooky room that if you went into, you would die. Because if you went in there, all it was, it was the original basement of the house. And the house itself was converted from a barn to a house in, like, early, late 1800s. Not quite sure when, but this particular part of the basement was all stone-lined. It was, like, it's old and it's always felt very off compared to the rest of the house and so us kids we were terrified of it and so all my cousins we would tell scary stories about this particular room and that night you know it was like five or six of us we would always sleep on an egg carton mattress and the downstairs of the house where my granny would also sleep but all hyped up, we were all already spooked, and as I'm going to sleep, I see across from where I'm laying on the wall, I see the shadow of a man, and I think, oh no, that's that's just my cousin, because it was a shadow, of, it was a manly figure, and it was just kind of turning back and forth, just from like profile view, frontal view and he had a hat on and I'm thinking oh well this is right across from the stairs 
My my cousin must be standing on the stairs trying to scare me. He knows that I'm already scared and he just wants to scare me more. And I turn behind me and I look. And I notice that the light to the stairs, which was right across from where the wall was where I saw the shadow, the light was off. And not only was it off, that's when I realized, like, my cousin had not spent the night with us. He had gone home. And so my very first thought was, nope! And I pulled the blankets up over my head, and I tried my best to go to sleep, but I was so scared. The only thing that made it okay was that I was in, bundled up with five or six other cousins. And I thought I was crazy for the longest time. I was like, it was just me being a scared kid. I was just like seeing things that weren't there. And like years later, probably 10 or 12 years later, we're all talking about me and all the cousins that were there. We were all talking about all the scary things that we'd ever seen in that house. And my cousin who had been in the bed with me, she said, no, I saw it too. I thought it was crazy too. And so I was like, Oh, that was real. That wasn't just me being a scared kid. We both saw that shadow. And so that was my very first encounter of the spooky. And that was not the only encounter that I've ever had in this house. It's very strange. It's it's so strange that you've said that because <clears throat> my very first episode was about basically a shadow person that I used to see growing up all the time. Um, and it was always just like the outline of a man, like you said. You could tell it was like a masculine sort of presence. But it wasn't until I was actually interviewing a guest a couple of weeks ago and they actually told me about the, the Shadow Man. And they showed me a picture on Google and it's strange that you said that the shadow person that you've seen in your grand's basement was wearing a hat. Because there's so many pictures out there of what people perceive as like the shadow person that they've seen and a lot of them have these hats on and a lot of people claim they have like glowing red eyes but I, I couldn't see like any eyes on the one that I've seen um, <clears throat> but it's just weird that the one that you've seen had a hat and it seems to match like images out there that people have managed to like capture on film and stuff like that I actually discovered that too like I years later I was looking up like shadows with a hat because apparently there's a very famous figure and he's been seen in multiple locations and the hat that he's wearing it's like a bowler hat and I was like that's the hat that's the hat that I saw like oh was he in my in my grandma's house it makes you wonder if it is like the one spirit or if it's like just like a type of spirit, you know you get like poltergeist and you get like benevolent ones and you get ones that don't seem to be intelligent, they just sort of repeat things that they've done in their life, like they'll maybe see them walk down the same corridor over and over, like it's like they're more of a recording rather than like a spirit, but it's weird that like so many people claim to see the same thing and it's like all over the world and it makes you wonder like is this like a type of ghost? Like, you can just imagine a ghost business where you work as, like, one of the shadow men with the bowler hats, that's your job. Or is it, like, this one entity that just seems to, like, manifest to all the different people? It's just weird to think that it's maybe just, like, a type 
and there's more than one. But I, I really don't know. And the, the weird thing about this was like, when I saw it, I had no idea what that kind of hat was even called. Like, I was so young, I was like, what is that hat? Like, I had to, I had to ask, you know, what's the kind of hat that, like, I was asking my mom, and she told me, oh, that's like a bowler hat. And I asked her, it was like, did either, did my, did my grandpa wear a hat like that? And she was like, he never wore a hat. And so I'm like, for a long time, I was like, who is this ghost? Because my grandparents had owned the house for probably 50, 60 years at that point. Yeah, that's what else I was going to ask. I was like, at any point did you think like this could be my grandpa? But you you just answered that by saying we well, never ever wore hats, so it, it couldn't have been him. So it's obviously this other type of like entity. And then the weird thing as well, the first story you told about the the safe that just completely blows my mind. How like you can understand like back in the days, olden days, it was always like the men handled the money and the financial details. And it was so strange that, like, after your grandpa passed, the safe that your grand had no access to was just opened. Like, that was kind of our baseline for spirits, because my grandmother always was like, spirits are not inherently evil, because they're, along with our grandfather being there, all of the cousins, we all, as kids, we knew there was something upstairs. And so I was like, I always would ask her, like, there's something upstairs, like, I'm so scared, and she'd be like, well, not all spirits are bad, and this is why, and then she would tell, to tell and retell the story of the safe opening, and how it was, more than likely, it was my grandfather's spirit opening the spirit, opening the safe, I mean. I mean, especially if it had, like, a combination that you needed to put in to open it, it's, and he was, like, the only one that knew it, it was very bizarre that it just happened to be open when your gran was worried about, like, how on earth am I going to open this, this safe now? The person that knows how to open it's gone. And then there it was, sort of like a last gesture to your grandma. The, the safe was open for her. I just yeah, think that's amazing. Yeah, and my grandfather apparently was like, he was very... Um, he, he was very good about making sure that when it when it was closed, not only was it closed, but it was locked, and he never left it closed. Which just makes it even more strange, because he would so, something he just wouldn't have left open, and it was just like a, a final nod to your grandma. The safe's open now; you don't have to worry. I just think that's so strange. And so, like, for a long time, I've always had this, like, spirits can be benevolent, spirits can be malevolent, but it really depends on, like, how they make you feel. Um, like, there is one upstairs. I don't know if it's there anymore, just because I haven't felt it since I was younger. But as a kid, yeah, there was always something upstairs, too. Like, even before my grandfather passed, because I learned that it used to scare my mom and her sister when they were very small. I mean, I think ghosts are just much like people. I believe you get some entities that exist that were never human. I might almost say they're 
demonic or they come from somewhere else that we don't understand. But then I think just like in life, if you get a nasty ghost, it maybe meant that they were a nasty person in real life as well. I think, so like, when it's normally family members and you love them or whatever, it's normally like nice interactions, but like, if it's someone that's maybe like stuck to a building or they've died in like such a horrible way that they sort of just like harbour this negativity about them, it can definitely be felt by other people. I've had a theory for a while and I'm not sure how true it is, but um, I, I learned anecdotally because my, my aunt was like a historian for this town and it's like a little teeny town, um, very involved in the Revolutionary War. Uh, one of the signers of the declaration lived there, is buried there, um, but it's like tiny. I mean, the Amish still go through there. There's like no cell phone service at certain times a day, but um, what I learned is like it was very involved in the war and the barn was probably used to house um, injured revolutionary soldiers up in the up in the top part of it. And so I've always thought, well, maybe maybe it's the, the spirit of a revolutionary soldier who died and not in a good way. I mean, it could be because <clears throat> it, that's actually just reminded me of a story. So I live in um, a town as well that's still got one of the old-fashioned high streets. We've still got like the original clock tower, kind of like Back to the Future. Still got the cobbled high street. And I used to work when I left um, school. I used to work in the Pizza Hut restaurant, which was at the end of this high street. But once you get to the end of the high street, it dips quite far down, so it's so it was a very strange building. You would go into the restaurant on the high street level, but the deliveries and everything came to the level below the high street because the building was sort of built into a hill, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, so the, I have had friends that have houses like that. So like the delivery part was downstairs because it was further down the hill and the actual entrance was at the street level. But when I first started there, all the staff members were like, if you ever need to go down to that basement, take someone with you because there are some strange things happen down there. And I was like, what do you mean strange things? They were like, well, it's going to sound really weird, but we've seen like Roman soldiers walking through the basement but you can only see them from like the waist up i was like that is really strange like why would it just why would they be like halfway into the the concrete of the basement and it actually turns out that before that the buildings and everything were there and the high street was actually built that's where the soldiers used to march like prisoners to the gallows basically was through that area and that the original path they walked on was below the actual basement. So it was like the memory of these ghosts were still walking along the original path and you could only see them from like the waist up. Thankfully I never seen them because I was always just too scared to go to the basement by myself so I never actually got to see them but I'm kind of wishing I did now but that could just be like what you're saying about your grand's house is when it was used during the war Maybe someone's passed in there and they've just kind of stuck around and it's it's been like a bad passing for them, so they're like negative in a certain way. Yeah, it's definitely not 
it's definitely not a good energy. Like it's only it was only ever in one spot upstairs, but it was like right in the hallway where you would have to go to get into any of the rooms. And so as kids, even in the middle of the day, we were terrified of whatever this energy was. Like we did not sleep upstairs. There were two perfectly good rooms to use upstairs. We didn't use them ever for sleepovers. And there was usually uh, sometimes up to 10 of us sleeping at my grandmother's house. And you were just so scared to walk through that area where you knew this energy was hanging around you. Yeah, I can understand that, especially as yeah. kids. And it, it seems to affect like kids more because as I got to be older, it didn't seem to weigh as much or didn't seem to feel as badly. And like as an adult, I can go upstairs and feel perfectly fine. Not that I haven't had weird stuff happen upstairs, but it doesn't feel as like oppressive, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think children are more attuned to these sort of like detection of like energies and stuff like that. I don't know if it's maybe just because your brain's still maturing and it's more perceptive, but I think children definitely do seem to pick up on a lot of things that adults don't, especially when you see the ones that have these imaginary friends and like they turn out to be not so imaginary because the kid will say something and they'll be like, well, that actually is weird because that person had the house before us and somehow the kid knows the name. Yeah, I think it's definitely because kids are a lot more malleable, especially with like what constitutes reality sometimes. Like they're a lot more willing to just believe things that are totally unreal. And so I think they're also willing to see things that are not quite in this plane. Yeah, it could be. It's just, it's just something I think I like. Like people just don't research enough. I think the paranormals always just seem to be put on a back burner and there's not been any real effort, I would say, into actually discovering if a lot of these things that happen to people, if there's a reason behind it and can actually be detected. It's, it's just never really been looked into, I would think. So strange because a lot of people I know who are skeptics have had at least one paranormal like um, encounter. Like my my dad used to be a skeptic, but he also, especially with like older places, it seems there's something about sometimes people who are very skeptical who they'll have a lot of incidences in older places that'll finally make them go, you know, maybe there's something else out there. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the wind that threw that chair at me, so maybe it was a ghost. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, it was then yeah, strange. Like, for, for a long time, my mum and dad never believed anything that happened to me. It wasn't until it actually happened to them. They were like, okay, maybe you're right. Yeah, it's definitely like, like, I didn't quite believe until I had that encounter, and then I was like a full believer. I was like, you know, yeah, this is, this is a thing. Because, <laughs> you know, my grandmother was very Catholic, very big believer in spirits, and so sometimes it would be like, that sounds a little far-fetched, but okay. Like, especially when she would say there are good spirits and there are bad spirits. 
and I'd be like, but I'm not sure if I quite believe in the existence of either. And then I had my own encounter and I was like, okay, yeah, that, that, yes, this is real. So did you only see that shadow figure just the once then and it just never came back and bothered you again? Yeah, that was the only time I have ever seen that guy. Um, I've had people speak to me in the house though before. Um, else have I had happen? I had that guy, uh, oh, an incident that other people have had. This was directly after my grandmother passed. Like she was, it was the same day actually. Um, I had an aunt who wanted to start cleaning out her house and like make it easier. We weren't quite sure what her motivation was, but she started like cleaning the same day that my grandmother had passed and everyone was kind of mad. So she started it on the kitchen and according to, um, I think it was one of my uncles was there. A couple of my cousins were there. Apparently a, a cutting board flew from behind the microwave and slapped itself onto the kitchen floor. And everyone was like, you better stop. She's pissed. Yeah, as if to say, like, what are you doing? Like, at least wait a couple of days. Um, yeah. And it was really strange. It, it just... It just makes you wonder, like, I definitely believe in an afterlife. I don't think that when we pass, it's, it's just blackness. So it makes you wonder, like, was your gran still sort of, like, in the house because she wasn't ready to move on yet? Or, like, a lot of people say that you don't go to the next stage straight away. You sort of, like, meet other family members and it takes a little while. It's, it just makes you wonder, like, was she just in the house, staying behind a little bit longer just to make sure like everybody was okay and then obviously that that annoyed her a little bit so she decided to make herself known? So I think she was definitely like waiting, especially since we were not in the state at the time. We had to fly up and so maybe she was waiting for everybody to get there, everybody to kind of go through the grieving together and process it because a lot of people in my family kind of like felt her. Um, I know my, my aunts and my mom especially, they still feel her, but she only has made her presence known, at least to my knowledge, she's only ever made her presence known after, like years down the road, to um, her direct children. Like, so, I have not felt her, I haven't seen her, I don't know if my cousins have, but I know that she has, um, she's appeared to my mom and then she's appeared to my aunt. Oh, so they've actually seen her? They have maybe not seen her, but they have heard her speak to them. That's interesting. Like, plain, yeah, it's... Uh, I think for a while, like, because I, I knew I wasn't in a good place at the time, I, I kind of made, like, an entreaty, like, a mental entreaty, like, I am not prepared to see any kind of spirit, please don't show yourself to me, I will just be really freaked out. 
It could be. I mean, my mum was always very closed off, and when her father passed, um, she never really experienced anything. It wasn't until like a couple of years later she was in bed one night, and he used to have two Siamese cats. He was always well known for his two Siamese cats. Um, they were the exact same ones as out of the cartoon, if you've ever seen it, Lady in the Tramp, the same colour and everything. Um, and she says one night she was laying in bed and she was just feeling a bit sad and down. And she says it felt like someone sat on the end of the bed. She, says she physically felt the bed move down like someone had just sat next to her. And then she says the strangest thing was, she says it felt like there was a cat walking up my back. She could feel it's like little footprints going up the quilt and she says to herself she, she was like I instantly knew that was my dad she says and I just thought everyone's going to be alright and that was the first time he'd ever really made himself known but that was like a good couple of years after he passed as well Aww. yeah I, yeah, I love hearing about encounters like that it's always like I know I watched like the Long Island Museum and she says that those who have passed who love you are always with you. They just tend not to make themselves known very often. So that's just another like way for me to be like, yeah, they're they're with you and they can appear to you if they know you need it. Yeah, and maybe that was just the one time she did need it. And he was just there for her because she says she just felt instant calmness knowing that he was there. Um, and I think that was another thing that made her sort of realise that there are things that go on after we do leave this earth. Um, so yeah, that was something she told me and I was quite amazed by it, especially the fact that the cat was there as well, which I thought was really strange. Uh, maybe they were reunited and in their passing, like maybe they're just hanging out as spirit him with his cat. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they went and got him um, when he passed because they, they went a, a long time before him but after they went he never got any more pets so maybe they were just waiting for him and they all met up in the afterlife. I think, yeah, I think that kind of stuff happens because I've heard about that more than once where it's like, um, like maybe a grandfather passed and he had a favorite dog and you hear the, the jingling of the tags and it's like you feel your his, his presence there and I'm like yeah maybe they just hang out your life it's really strange because I used to have a guinea pig when I was still in in high school and um, I was actually staying with my grandparents the night that he died and he was like eight and a half years old which the vet told us was a, a pretty long life for a guinea pig. Um, and he used to have like this little wooden house in his cage. And I don't know if you've heard the noise that um, guinea pigs make, it's like a sort of whistle. And for weeks and weeks after he died, I used to like wake up during the night because I could hear like his little wooden house hitting off the cage, but the cage wasn't in my room anymore. Or sometimes I'd wake up and I'd hear like the little whistling noise that they used to make when they wanted attention. And I would be like, oh Gizmo, go to bed, I'm trying to sleep. And then I'd remember that he wasn't even there. So it's strange that you can still have like encounters with like pets. So 
just makes you wonder, like, are is everything just destined to go somewhere after we've been on this earth? Even animals? It's, it's quite bizarre. I think so. I mean, I definitely think that there's, like, a higher plane of existence. Like, I don't really know how to describe it. Just, like, an, like because energy can't be destroyed. So what happens to it? Yeah, it like, just changes form. It doesn't disappear, it just changes form. I mean, I've always kind of joked, like, when I die, I'm gonna take a journey around the world, I'm gonna visit every place on Earth, and then I'm just gonna go into space. I'm gonna become a space ghost. <laughs> a space ghost. You could just imagine NASA publishing a picture of someone floating next to the sun and being like, this was caught on camera today, and it's just a space ghost hanging out next to the sun. That would be quite funny. I'm like, I want to haunt aliens, because we could, could you imagine, like, an alien life form being a ghost of a human, being completely different from them, and being like, we don't know what that is. The worrying Maybe part would what, be, though, like, what if they had the technology to capture you? <laughs> oh, no, my journey would be over. They'd be like, we can detect this anomaly, we'll just capture it in this box and we'll store it. And you'd be like, damn it, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> like, ghost what, the Ghostbusters, but in an alien planet. Yeah. So, have you got any more encounters from your grand's house, or ones that you know of that you want to um, share with us as well? Well, I definitely, I've had something whisper in my ear there, which was very scary, because, uh, we were doing renovations, this was probably a few months after my grandmother had passed, and one of the rooms, we had it down to just the wood paneling, and I think I was helping paint, I can't really remember, but at some point, it, it was like somebody had gotten really, really close to my ear, and like, whispered something. I couldn't hear what it was, but it, because it was so low that I couldn't make out the words, but it made me physically recoil. I remember being like, ooh, get out of here. Like, I've also of the belief that, like, if you tell them you do not want to engage, that they will leave you alone. And so it was like, get out of here. I don't want to deal with your nonsense. Yeah, I've seen that a lot on these, um, <clears throat> paranormal shows where they've maybe got like a medium with them or something and they'll always say like when they enter like maybe a haunted house or whatever they'll be like thank you for talking to us and we appreciate you like communicating and then they'll say something like but you're not allowed to follow us home you have to stay here and it makes you wonder if there's some like unwritten rule that because we are still alive then we've kind of got an authority to to be able to do things like that. Oh, that's, that's a really interesting take. I Yeah, maybe because we're, we have inherently a lot more energy. But, I don't know, maybe there's something to do with that. Because you have seen episodes of things where, like, you can't come home with us, and then they'll say to someone, like, oh, if you are having, like, difficult times, if you feel like something's there you can tell it to go away and like you just like basically what you did 
just go away. I don't want to deal with you. And it's it's like they they basically say that they have to listen to you at the end of the day. Um, it's maybe just maybe the more malevolent ones that have got a bit more energy where they're just like, well, actually, no, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to throw some plates in your kitchen first, then I'll go. But That's actually, that's so interesting because the, that apparently was one thing that my grandmother, when she was alive, like my dad is very interested in, in the spiritual world. He wanted to set up like a ghost tour. And my grandmother told him specifically, she was like, do not because if you do, I'm going to give you this crucifix that you can take with you, but if anything follows you, it's something that I cannot help you with. And like, you told him, there are things that will follow you home. Yeah, they're called For... attachments. <laughs> and like, I always thought it was very interesting because she was very Catholic, but she still had these like, um... I don't know if a lot of Catholics like hold on to that kind of like belief system that like yes there are evil spirits that wander the earth because I haven't heard of that from like many other um, many other people within the Catholic faith they're just like yeah no. It's really interesting because the second episode I ever did was about a woman called Emily and she believed that she had demons in her house. And it got to the stage where she actually went to a priest and what she told me the priest said to her was really, really interesting because it does make sense. He said to her, you know, we're in church every Sunday and throughout the week and we're always talking about all the good things God does and we're all here because we have love in God and Jesus and he's like, but do you know what's really strange? And she was like, what? He says people put all their faith in God and heaven and the good stuff that he does. He's like, and very, very few people believe in the devil and the bad things. He's like, and there can't be one without the other. He's like, if you're here and you put so much faith in a higher power like God or Jesus and angels, he's like, of course there has to be an opposite. He's like, and that's a funny thing. He says you get a lot of religious people that don't believe in the bad stuff that comes along with it. And she was like, do you know, I never actually even thought of that myself, because she even admitted that she'd never considered that there were also evil things out there that roam the earth, which religion should really sort of take into account, because it's basically the opposite of what they preach. But that priest came to her house and blessed it and everything, and she just never had any issues after that, but... It, did make me think like the priest does have a point people believe in all the good stuff but then they fail to recognize all the bad stuff i mean i've literally had people tell me like well yeah well god is good he wouldn't let that kind of thing exist like bad spirits they don't exist they're not actually real ghosts don't exist they're not real and i'm like but what are we what is what is the what is it all for then like like i know it's not all for to defend against the darkness and like the evil things that are in our world but like yeah how can we pray to keep ourselves from harm what is the harm yeah i mean if that makes <clears throat> there has to be 
everything in this world has a polar opposite. You have... And a lot of people believe that these evil things exist because obviously if you believe in the story of creation and things like that, when God created light, by default, darkness was also created because it's the opposite. And it's just like hot and cold, happy, sad. There always has to be like a balance. So if you're good enough to believe in all these things like angels and miracles, then of course there has to be something to rival that, something bad. That's just what I think anyway. I think you can't have one without the other. No, yeah, like, w yeah, why would we need angels with flaming swords? What's the sword for? Yeah, if everything's all hunky-dory and there's nothing to protect us from, then <laughs> why did God have an army of angels? Yeah, I just, I think it's interesting when people are like, demons don't actually exist. It's like, well, maybe not specifically demons, like not how they are, not how people think of them, but it's def there's definitely these things out there that are not friendly spiritually, that are not good for you to encounter. Definitely no. I had one follow me for a goodness about 19 years of my life and it was just terrible. And the thing is that, that, was, that had been with me since I was a child and it wasn't even like I'd done anything to like attract it or done like mess with Ouija boards. My family isn't religious. It just seemed to like target me for some reason. And it was maybe just because it knew I could pick up on it. It could just be something as simple as that. But yeah, I had like a dark shadow figure follow me up until I was around 19. And the weird thing is, it was actually a spirit from my dad's side of the family who had passed that got rid of it. So that was really strange. Huh. It's interesting. I've heard that sometimes that happens if they know that you're sensitive to them. Like if they know that you can pick up on them, they can they can pick you out specifically and be like, you, you can see me, you can feel me. I'm gonna follow you. Yeah, you get a lot of psychics and mediums that say like if it's like putting a light bulb on in a dark room. You just like draw attention to yourself. And I think when you're a kid, it's something you can't really control. So that again plays into like the imaginary friends and just kids be more sensitive because it's mediums and that when they're older can like open and close the door and that's not there all the time. Otherwise I think they'd be driven absolutely insane. But I think as a kid, it's just always there. and. If they, like you say, if they know you're sensitive or can pick up on them, they maybe just get drawn to you and there's nothing you can really do to stop it. That's reminding me of the, if you've ever seen, um, oh goodness, it's the, the movie with the red-faced demon, I can never remember the name of it. Oh, Insidious. That, yes, it's like the scene where they're like, they're in the dark plane. And they, they're like, don't, don't let them know you're here, because as soon as they know you're here, they're, like, gonna try to take over, and they tried to, as soon as they knew that the little boy's spirit was, like, out of his body, they were like, that's free real estate, like, I'm just gonna make, set up shop there. Yeah, I'm just gonna move in, he doesn't need it anymore, he's stuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but it was like a light in the in this dark plane that they only noticed him because he had that light on. Yeah, could be something like that. I mean, they say movies start somewhere. Maybe, maybe Hollywood knows more than we do. <laughs> I really like that movie because I feel like it's a good exploration of how our plane is maybe not exactly like... I had a discussion about this last night, how time and space are not exactly linear, and so maybe this plane that we see just kind of randomly intersects our own. And it's not always in a fashion that we recognize and it doesn't always align time-wise. Possibly. I mean, I'm the exact same as you. I believe this reality is basically created by us. It's a collective dream. And we're all sort of sharing this, this reality. It's been manufactured by us. And think like our consciousness exists somewhere else and it's projected into us in this reality because it's a physical reality it can't do anything in here without an avatar basically um, but out where it, your consciousness exists time and space are different so I always try to explain it to people if you imagine this reality is like a cube and everything we experience in this life is within that cube and time to us goes from point A to Z. It's just a straight line. But if you imagine that your soul or consciousness exists outside that cube and it's looking in and you're constantly feeding your experiences to it, but to your soul, time is happening all at the one time. So you could just imagine a circle and your consciousness is in the middle and that's why maybe some people experience past lives or they remember them because it's all happening to your actual consciousness at the same time. And there's somehow yeah. an overlap in memory. You somehow maybe remember being alive during the Victorian times and you remember how you died. And it's because to your true consciousness outside the box, it's watching it all at the same time if that makes any sort of sense. <laughs> I kind of get what you're putting down, like, kind of how, um, like a reincarnation theory that you have been this person at certain points, and so, like, your soul doesn't really align with your physical body at the time, but you have... Because time doesn't really exist linearly, like how we think it does and how we perceive it. Like, we could be experiencing it from the future, from the past. And I also think, like, space and time are weird. Like, they don't exist on, like, an XY plane, like how we normally think of them. But it's shifting, and sometimes it shifts enough so that we can see things that are not currently happening in our time. Like a residual haunting. It's like yeah. a memory being played, but maybe it's just that that section of space is experiencing that portion of time over and over and over again. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of like time's more of an entity slash object rather than just something we experience. So maybe like, as you say, time's shifted a little bit and somehow we're able to like peek back at what's happened maybe 200 years ago and that's why you get the the spirits that seem to just like repeat the same task over and over again like with the roman soldiers in the basement them following the exact same path despite space moving despite time moving yeah. forward in that space but to them they're experiencing it in a completely different way yeah, like you say, it's more of a record and like, you can't really interact with them, it's just like a, a replay of something that's already gone by. I think it's so interesting, like residual hauntings, like there are people who will say at 3am, every single day, you go out, you watch this guy, he will walk the same path every single day. It's like, we know that this happens, I just wonder why we haven't had people like look into that because they're recently on reddit i saw a video of somebody who was like this happens every once in a while at 3 a.m he was recording out the video out the window of a gas station and he's like here he comes and this shadow not like a shadow more like a ghostly figure walks from one pump to the middle of the two pumps and then disappears and he's like this happens every time at like this exact time doesn't happen every day but it always happens at this time that is really strange like why don't we have people looking into that it gets even more confusing when you start to look into the quantum world that's whole new kettle of fish oh yeah we i i talked a little bit about that the other night because I feel like sometimes there are weird glitches that happen and people will talk about like oh I woke up in three days we we're missing and I had done nothing different in my life but I just don't remember any of it um, my girlfriend actually had an experience where she was at work she clocked in she did one task she turned around and the clock had somehow skipped forward seven hours. My god. And she was so scared. She was like, Did I do I have a brain tumor or something? And when she asked her coworkers, they were like, No, nothing happened. You just worked like normal. And so So she's missing the entire shift? Yeah, like seven hours of it. And she said she did not do anything different. She did one task right as she clocked in turned around and the the clock had skipped forward seven hours and he doesn't remember any of it happening but to everyone else she was just there doing her job as regular nothing had changed but to her it was just like she clocked in done a task and then it's the end of her shift mm -hmm. that is so strange in fact there's actually a youtube channel out there and i watch it all the time it's called the impossible and I was literally watching a video last night it just takes like all these little clips and he puts them into categories so there's there's ones like 
scary clips you shouldn't watch on your own. And there was this one that I watched that was like glitches in reality. And it's just reminded me of what you were saying about your friend there because it was like a security camera video that was in the kitchen and there's this girl and all the other staff members are walking around, you know, like cooking things and she's at the counter and she takes a lemon, chops it in half, puts one half to the side and then chops the other half in two and you can see it's split in two because there's a gap between it. She turns around, picks up like this little like plastic bag, I don't know if they were putting it in a bag for a customer or whatever. And when she went to pick the two slices up that she just made, it joined back together. The two little quarters that she'd made had become a half again and you see her pick it up and she looks at it like, what the hell, I, I know I just chopped this in half. And you can see her looking around to see if anybody would like switched them. But the other half was still there where she left it. And then she actually puts it back in the counter and cuts it again. I was like, that's so bizarre. It was like it glitched to being a half before, like before she cut it. And when she turned her back, it somehow joined itself back together. Like she hadn't even cut it at all. made me have goosebumps oh it's so weird like it's just such a random like it wouldn't be spooky outside of the context of this shouldn't happen and there was another video as well of this guy making a tiktok and he's like dancing about like an idiot and you see this woman walk towards him and her eyes look like the worst eyes on like the most basic computer game it was like someone hadn't rendered their eyes properly they were just like they looked fake and then you see a woman walk behind her and she kind of steps out and then goes behind the woman with the funny eyes and she just vanishes like she was never there Ooh. and the woman with the spooky eyes walks past and looks at the guy dancing as if to say like what on earth are you doing but she looks like she's not even got normal eyes it's, it's, it's like someone just drew paper eyes and stuck them on her face but then the woman behind her walks to the left and when when she goes past the woman she just vanishes and i was like that's so strange because <laughs> this is going to sound even weirder but i was having a discussion with my friend the other day about this reality and stuff like that and it's it's sort of nature and I was like, I don't believe that everybody on this earth is real. I was like, I think there's only a certain amount of people here with like an actual soul. Like they're an actual physical person with a consciousness. I was like, I think like all those people you pass on the motorways and when you walk down the street, yeah, if you stopped and said to them, what's your name, where do you live and what do you do, they've got an answer. But then you never see them again. I'm like, what if they're just NPCs, computer-generated people, to just fill the gap to make it look like Earth's populated? And then we watched that video and I was like, that is so weird. It's a glitch. It's a glitch in the Matrix that NPC vanished. Yep. I actually, like, I wonder if that's why people have doppelgangers, is because the just like the programmer got lazy and was like, oh, no, control. <laughs> control V, control V. <laughs> can't do it very much and can't put them in the same place, but I can't make another model. Too tired. No, put one in France and one in the US and 
If they happen to find each other, well, nothing I can do. There's actually a cool story that I read that somebody, uh, their dad had a doppelganger supposedly living in the same city because he would have people come up to him all the time and be like, hey, Kevin, and like start a conversation. And the guy's like, I don't know who Kevin is. So Kevin was this guy's like doppelganger and was so close in appearance apparently that Kevin's family would come up to him and start conversations and then realize after a second like wait a second you're not Kevin and then like walk off and so that's a that's a mess up by the programmers they put two doppelgangers too close to one another yeah I wonder if they actually met each other in the end <laughs> that would have been oh. funny to see so wild or maybe it would end up like one of those stories where they find out that they were triplets and separated, separated at birth, birth. <clears throat> but yeah it just makes you wonder like is everybody you pass in the street a genuine person or have they just been put there so that you don't think that there's as little people here as what we're told that's just a crazy theory theories too that say like like maybe people don't know that they're not real people like there's a theory that says that certain people have descended from like if you believe in like the fey folk or um like creatures that are not exactly human but that had lived along people for like centuries and just kind of got incorporated in and so maybe they don't even know because they're descended from years and years and years of down the line like some like fey folk mixing with humans or i've heard of that too hmm, never heard of that i've heard of fey people though in fact i'm sure in ireland they still believe they exist and there's like certain parts of the forest that they don't go into because they say like the fair in there and they can be quite territorial but I'm not quite sure Does if I... like changelings come from like the fey folk they're like oh I'm gonna put my 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 fey baby into a human household and they'll never know yeah I think that is like a sort of urban legend where changelings would um, swap out kids um, I think a lot of the creatures like an incubus and a succubus, things like that. I think they all come from like fey legends as well. Like I, I don't know how much I believe about like different creatures, but I've I've had encounters a couple of times in like the foothills of the Appalachians with just like very spooky, unexplainable things that I'm I'm like that is definitely not human. I don't know if it's a spirit, I don't know what it is. Those um, mountains are notorious for Bigfoot and Dogmen. And I, weird things. Oh, I haven't heard of Dogmen, but I, I know like when we were driving, like up at the northernmost part of it where they just, like they're in parts of New York, we were driving somewhere, but I was in the car. And as we passed by this one house, I clear as day saw one of their little garden statues. It was a little girl, I remember it. 
start walking across their lawn. I was like, I just like turned away from the window. I was like, I just saw something I was not supposed to see. And I felt like if it knew that I had seen it, I would be in trouble. You think it was maybe just a ghost or was it actually the garden ornament that moved? I think it was the ornament moving because it was like, it was like a little statue of like a little it was like a little rustic um, like a like an old tiny little girl statue kind of like a garden gnome but not really and it just started moving and I was like uh oh oh no I can't look at that anymore. My aunt used to keep those, you know those china dolls that um, people put on display in the, the old-fashioned dresses and she used to have them all along the top of like her closet and I used to like sometimes sleep over and I'd be on the floor and I would like swear their little eyes would follow you wherever you went and I even seen one wave at me one night. I was so sure, I was just lying there horrified because they used to creep me right out. And she had this one of like a little Victorian boy with like a little like, like grandpa hat on, like a tweed jacket. And I had like a little pair of ice skates in his hand and his other hand was just like by him, his side. I remember laying there one night looking at him and I could have swore he just put his little hand up and waved at me and put it back down. And I had to like wake her up because I was terrified. And I was like, your doll just waved at me and she's like, don't be stupid, they're not real. I was like, he waved at me. She's like, you you were, must have just been dreaming, you're having a bad dream. I was like, I've not even been to sleep yet. <laughs> she just, it was just so strange. Because you could just kind of like see the outline of them because it was like dark. Mm-hmm. It just looked like his little shadow hand went up and you could just see it sort of going back and forward. And then back down I was like, that doll did not just wave at me. It's my nightmare. Like... I my older sister had kind of the same setup where she when she she moved out of the house I inherited her room and she had seven little porcelain dolls on a shelf that would that were directly across from the bed and I used to lay awake at night and just stare them and wait for one to move because I was like if one moves I'm just gonna run I'm gonna run (laughs) and luckily uh, I had the logic. She had a tiny Tim doll. I was like, if they start to move and they come after me, at least I'll only have to deal with six of them because tiny Tim can't move very fast. Jeez. They are just notoriously creepy. I don't thought they were a good idea. I heard that they make excellent avatars for, like, if you're doing spirit work and you need a vessel for a spirit, Use a porcelain doll because spirits really like things that kind of look like what they were when they were alive. And human figures is the closest thing. Yeah, I'm sure back in the olden days, like round about the Salem witch trials and things like that, I'm pretty sure it was common where if someone had like a negative energy or like an evil spirit, they used to do something and trap it in like a porcelain doll. And they would always be like, don't break the doll because when you do, that's it released back out. So that's something that I think's been going on for a long time. These little dolls just seem to be perfect vessels for things they shouldn't. Yeah, I do not like dolls. I do. And it's, 
it's really bad. Like, I used to really like going to look at antiques, and one of our antique shops had a downstairs, and they had what I like to call the doll room that had hundreds of antique porcelain dolls all sequestered into this one, like, corner of their basement. And I, every time you had to walk past it to get to the rest of the antique shop, and I was like, I do not like this. There is evil in that corner. <laughs> You never know if one's been used for a retro, you just don't know until you take it home and you start getting creepy things happening to you, like that Annabelle doll. It's a real doll, but it doesn't look nearly as creepy in real life. It's The one in the movie's more like the ones we're talking about, like the creepy porcelain ones. But I'm sure the original Annabelle doll, which is in the, the Warrens Museum, I believe, is more like one of those knitted dolls. And it doesn't look half as creepy, but apparently it's like people who touch it and whatever, they, they get in a whole load of trouble, so I, I, I would just keep away from it either way. Yeah, they go behind sealed glass, and they also have a sign up that says, Do not take pictures. She doesn't like it. And yet there are pictures on the internet. I'm like, I'm definitely haunted just by looking at this picture. <laughs> well, I actually watch a YouTube channel, and they went to this... Um, it's actually um, a guy off, I think it's one of these Discovery Channel paranormal investigators. He actually opened up his own um, museum and he's got like all these memorabilia that he's collected that are meant to be haunted. So he's got a room like you were talking about that's just filled with dolls. I think he's even got the rocking chair from, oh was it Ted Bundy, his, his rocking chair, he's got that. He's got like all these weird things that are meant to like carry really negative energies. But there's just one doll, and I think its name's Peggy. And apparently you can't look it in the eyes, because if you do, bad things happen. And you've always got to say hello to her and bye to her when you entered and leave the room. And like the the video I was watching was like, okay, we're gonna show you the eyes. So if you if you if you believe in this stuff, like don't look because every time they were talking in the room the doll had like this little black rectangle over the eyes but oh, one of them no. was like one of them was like we're going to challenge ourselves and like we've nominated like this person they're going to look in, in the eyes of the doll to see if anything happens and they're like so we're going to remove the black rectangle so if you're like superstitious or whatever look away from the screen and I was like sitting I, I genuinely turned my back to the screen I was like I don't even want the chance looking at this doll, even though it's through the internet. Like, I don't want to take that chance that this little doll is going to haunt me because I watched a bloody YouTube video of her. I, like, I've heard of camera crews going in and, and not doing all of the things that they're, like, supposed to do. And then, like, they go home and they're fine for a couple days, but then they get in, like, a car accident a couple days later. And it's like, hmm. And, like, they can reasonably attribute it to not the doll, but also I'm like, that's because you didn't do what you were supposed to. Yeah, that same doll I was talking about, apparently um, when the tour guide was given the tour, she was like, don't look it in the eyes, say like, hello Peggy, bye Peggy. And she's like, one of the guests was like, really like, obnoxious and was like, what are you talking about? It's just a doll and he like, wasn't caring. And apparently he said something like he swore at it on the way out. And the tour guide was like, oh boy, like, I wish you'd never done that, because, like, people have reported bad things happening. 
And apparently, like, after that, he had to be taken downstairs and, like, he almost passed out and started, like, vomiting uncontrollably. And she was just kind of, like, in her head, she was like, thanks, Peggy, for doing that. Like, I did tell him and he didn't believe me sort of thing. She was like, so I kind of felt vindicated because he'd been such a jerk and thought that it was just, like, all pretend. And she's like, he ended up downstairs, like, almost passed out. And he just started throwing up everywhere. And she was kind of like, I told you, you wouldn't listen. So Peggy got a revenge on the guy and she just kind of thought it was funny. It, it tends to be the people who are like, yeah, right, that's not real, who always are the ones that are like, this guy got in a car accident on the way home from the store. And it's like, maybe don't tempt the people who work, maybe don't take the word of the people who work around this object all the time and tell you, like, full your face, like, hey, this is the thing that happens, and decide to, like, just be like, nah, that's not real. Yeah, that like, same... They're, Sorry? They're telling you for a reason. Yeah. I mean, I know, obviously, maybe these tours, they're there to make money, they're... They might embellish a little bit, like, oh, you know, just to scare the guests as they're going around, but when you actually get people, like, there was this other room they've got, have you ever heard of a Dibbuk? Apparently it's like a, so apparently they've got a Dibbuk box in this, um, this museum, and it's behind glass as well, um, and they don't know if it's been opened or not, but apparently, like, inside it's got, like, a piece of, like, blonde hair, a coin, something else, something else, and, like, he bought it and he, he just put it in a glass box and nobody can touch it. He's like, but he's got, like, this little altar, altar behind it where people will leave, like, just a coin or something behind for the debuck, because apparently you have to leave it a gift. And the tour guide was like, we have literally had people come into this room, have a look around, they don't leave like a coin. Some people like leave a little snippet of their hair. Um, and she's like, they've flown home because they're on holiday here and they've literally come back like a week later, flown like three, four hundred miles to leave a coin because they says they got home and they just had the worst luck ever. She's like, we have had people fly back to leave a coin for this box because their life just kind of went upside down. Makes you wonder like, what causes that? what kind of influence it has because if it's sealed usually you think of like the dipping box it seals that that influence inside of it but maybe it's been opened and that's why it can follow people and nobody just nobody knows that it's been opened it just like hangs around the box maybe I've heard of that kind of thing happening with like the volcanic rocks in Hawaii too because there's signs up all over don't take them people are like oh, what what harm could taking one do and then they end up having to fly back to Hawaii which is not an inexpensive trip to put them back because the same thing happens where it's like they took these rocks I think they, it's a curse are they maybe sacred it, rocks I think it's either a curse or they're sacred, but there's signs up all over that say, do not take them. If you do, it will not be good for you. People take them anyways, and then they have to do the same thing. They will fly all the way back to Hawaii to put them back. 
Didn't like the ancient tribes in Hawaii used to believe that the volcano was a god? I don't know a lot about the lore there. I do know that there's some stuff that they say, like, don't mess with. If this starts to happen, just kind of, like, duck your head down. Like, um, apparently there are roving warrior tribes of spirits on one of the islands, and if they notice you, bad things happen. I think I'd be wanting to go holidaying there then, in case you bump into one of them. I think it's, I think it's on one of the more remote islands where there's like a lot of forest. Um, the the part of the legend is like you'll start to hear like drums and stuff through the forest, and you're supposed to, I think the procedures you're supposed to like, get down on your hands and knees and like look at the ground, like don't look up. That is so strange. It makes you wonder if there's like some unwritten laws that sort of like hide under the fabric of our world. Almost maybe like magic, where like these unseen energies can somehow still weave themselves into like people's lives because certain things haven't been done properly. Uh, it just, it just completely blows my mind how some of this stuff works. It's definitely like a weird, it's either like very strange physics that we are totally unaware of, or like, yeah, maybe something like magic that we just are not aware of, and maybe even the entities themselves are not aware of, they just know that they have to follow this procedure. Yeah, I mean, something as simple as not leaving a coin for a box and then your life turns upside down, it's like, what causes that? And then the act of going back to place a coin reverses it. It's just like some unwritten rule that just like sort of lies beneath the surface, but is still like powerful enough to influence the living at the same time. interesting how some of this affects like reality because I, I think this is one of the things too that kind of backs up the idea that there's a little bit more to our reality than we know but yeah if something is following rules that don't follow what we normally understand to be true then yeah what is what are the mechanics behind it is it something that we can study and find out maybe, you know, in the future when scientists are finally like, yeah, ghosts are real. <laughs> it's just a very strange world we live in and it just absolutely fascinates me, all this stuff that, you know, some people go through life and they don't even question. <laughs> Everything's just black and white to them and you get other people that, that are just like constantly trying to find out all this added layers to this reality that we're in it's like an onion you peel one layer off and you find another one and another one it's it's just bizarre i just find it all so fascinating i can't wait to feel the vindication that all the people who were screaming about like extraterrestrial life have felt in the past few years with the cia being like yeah no that's totally real we knew that <laughs> 
We've known since like the thirties. <laughs> I just yeah. Well, maybe maybe there is research going on, but because it's because it's like the U.S. government or governments around the world, they're like, well, we can't weaponize it, so it's really not that important. See, I used to believe in UFOs and things like that, and the sort of stereotypical, they've came from another galaxy, or like a different world. Now as I've done more research and got older and sort of discovered certain things about reality, I think the craft that we see, what people see, are ours. I think we've made them somehow. And I do believe that extra terrestrials exist, but I wouldn't call them extraterrestrials. I don't believe they come from out with the earth. I think they're extra dimensional beings that have the technology. Because like our reality is a light reality. We exist within the light spectrum. We exist within a very small frequency of all the frequencies out there, like gamma, ultraviolet, like the the whole like wave spectrum's huge and I think I seen a diagram once where it was like humans exist within like this tiny little sliver of it. If you imagine it like a big sound wave, we like we're like in one tiny little section of it. And then everything else out with we can't see, we can't hear, we can't detect. I'm more inclined to believe that there are other realities out there that exist in different frequencies to us. They could be right on top of us right now and we wouldn't know about it because we can't see them. They're operating at a different vibration basically. But maybe there are civilizations out there that are got to the stage they're that advanced they can pass through into ours or create ways to get into ours. And I believe, like, that's what I would believe is like an alien, but I think the craft that we see flying about most of the time, I think they're ours, and we've had them for a while. Where we got them, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe it's another example of, like, space and time not being exactly linear. Like, maybe it is a craft of ours from hundreds of years in the future. Maybe not even that far. We're just seeing it in our timeline on accident because of a weird bending of space-time. Or it could just be that these are the craft that um, these beings first came through into a reality because you see a lot of them. You ever seen the videos of the ones that leave like the spiral in the sky and it looks like the craft just like blinked out of existence? It leaves like this weird spiral of energy behind it. Maybe that's what they use to come into a reality. And we somehow managed to get hold of one, or we've made a deal with them, or... I don't know. The governments are shady. They're, they've probably had crafts like that for a long, long time. I believe, anyway. Funny you mentioned, like, light waves and all that, because even, like, in biology, um, in the past few decades, scientists have discovered, like, yeah, birds, they see in UV. Well, when you put a bird, and several birds have this, if you put them under a UV light, they shine in completely different colors. And so they can see this, but we can't without help from different light waves. And this has been part of nature for... since those birds existed. Yeah, I mean, like I say, we exist within a very small, confined... existence of 
light waves, energy waves. So who knows, there could be like lots and lots of other types of life or maybe that's even what the afterlife is, it's just a different plane. You don't need your body anymore so you go to another level of existence that just is different from this physical world. Maybe that's what the Bible classes as heaven. Maybe there are negative vibrations and wavelengths, so depending like on what state your energy's in when you pass, maybe that's where you go to a nice place or a bad place, who knows? It's it's just all bizarre. I guess we won't find out till it actually happens to us, but I just find it also fascinating. Yeah, I'm gonna figure all that out when I'm a space ghost. I'm gonna see what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you ever seen the double slit experiment? I don't know. Like, how does that want to go? So this is all about quantum physics, so... And also, like, when scientists, like, look at atoms and things like that, there's actually more space between them than there is matter. And it's weird because you would think if there's if we have more space than matter, then like why don't we fall through the floors and like why can we touch things and like knock on wood and it's weird. So anyway, there was this experiment where they literally had like this special screen that can detect um, particles, and what they did was they had like two slits on this board and they used like an electron gun to fire electrons through the slits. And you got like a sort of, um, if you can imagine just firing like paintballs through two gaps in the wood, when it hit the wall at the back, it would just create two lines. Because the balls are going straight through and they're just hitting the screen at the back. But then they found something strange. They discovered that when nobody was watching the experiment, that they got an interference pattern. Like if you imagine if you just dropped two two rocks into a pond, the ripple eventually meets and it creates like a pattern of like peaks and troughs and like what they found was like when no one was watching the experiment, the electron particles that were firing through these slits in the, the board were essentially turning back into a, a wave. So they ceased to be a physical particle, they turned into like a wave of energy and it made like multiple lines on the board at the back as if like, like I was saying, you put two rocks into a pond, the ripples eventually meet and you get that pattern in the water. So it turned out that these particles were doing the exact same and the scientists couldn't get it to repeat. It only happened like the once and they were like, why did that happen? And they discovered that the time that it happened was when nobody was physically observing the experiment. So scientists have now kind of, basically, they're saying the quantum realm is a sea of energy. So reality is a sea of energy. And the only reason it's become a physical reality is because we're here to witness it. Ah, oh, that's like... That's like the physics version of if a tree falls in a forest and yes. no one's around to hear it, does it actually make a sound? No, because it's not there. <laughs> that is so interesting. I just so, wonder 
how does our perception influence reality? And it's not so. And yeah, that's it's not the other way around. It's not that reality influences our perception. It's that our perception influences reality. So interesting. So that's what I was meaning before when I said I think we're in a shared reality. We're all co-creators of this reality because we're here and we're the ones that are making the world physical. So I just kind of imagine it like a computer game. I think like every human must have like a sphere of influence. So we can see for roughly like three miles and if like that's how like a computer game works. Like your computer doesn't load up the entire game as soon as you start playing it. Your character has like a little sphere round about them and when they move forward it starts to delete the environment behind them and it starts to like regenerate the environment in front of them so at any one point you're only in like a small part of the world in this computer game. The whole world's not existing at the one time. So that's like... Yeah, just draw so much energy. So much energy in your computer would just burn out. So you literally render the so much round about you. And I believe that's how this reality exists because there's enough humans here to basically turn that ocean of energy into a physical plane. And then what they also discovered was this was a completely different experiment and it completely blows my mind. They had um, test subjects sit in front of a computer and they had their brain wired well, their heads, like with the little electrical nodes that was measuring the brain activity. And what they did was they'd display a picture for like 10 seconds, so it would either be like a good picture or a bad picture. It would be like sunflowers, or maybe like a gun, or then it was maybe like a nice sunny day, and then maybe like an atom bomb. And what the scientists discovered was, if a negative picture was coming up, because it was all random, if there was a negative image coming next, the brain was reacting to it a full eight seconds before it appeared. So what the scientists were then thinking is, our brain is like an antenna. The information of reality gets sent to it first. It then decodes it, deprograms it, whatever. And it then projects it round about us for our physical eyes to see. So the first thing that sees this reality is your brain. And it's your brain that populates information and creates everything round about us. And they discovered that it was a full eight seconds. It wasn't just like milliseconds. It was like eight full seconds. Their brain waves were starting to like spike because the, the negative image was coming up next. But they had no way of knowing that. But the brain did because... It had already received the information and it was getting ready to change the image. That just freaks me out as well. That's so interesting. That, that makes me think of, because I've, I've had, just like coming back to like spooky experiences with that kind of thing, like I've had an experience where I was in somebody else's house that, you know, the previous owner had passed pretty recently. They were like a hundred or something. But anyway, I'm coming out of the restroom and it's dark. It's pitch black in this hallway. Well, I step out and then I step around what I thought was somebody trying to come into the bathroom. And then I paused because I realized that there was nobody there. But I definitely felt like I had that reaction where like as you're moving through a crowd, you can kind of 
move around people without actually looking at them. Like, you can avoid people without seeing them. And I did that, and then I realized there was nobody there. So, like, my brain definitely perceived something there without me realizing it. It's just bizarre. It's, it goes to the... It just kind of points to the sense that we are the ones that influence reality, like you were saying before, it's not the other way about, so that's where, like, all this law of attraction comes from, like, if you, like, focus on things enough, but it's even where they say magic comes from, because it's more your physical intent for something to happen, that you actually will it into existence, so I'm all for that kind of thing, like, if, I genuinely believe that this world's here because we put it here, and we're the ones that are actively all at the same time constantly creating it and I believe that's why like the ancient civilizations were more intelligent than us they were able to build things like pyramids and I think we've lost a lot of technology and wisdom because I think the modern day world it's a very negative energy and I think like that's what the people in power try to do is keep humanity's vibration very low because then we are all creating a very negative reality to live in. Whereas I think if everything was good and people were more happy, this would, we'd be in a completely different world and maybe that's where the Garden of Eden comes from because they had nothing back then to bring them down or make them feel bad. So this reality was a really blissful, happy, healthy reality. When your energy is low, you're way more, um, you're way more, like, apathetic, and so that helps a lot of, like, typically, like, people in poor, because your apathy means that you're not not going to do anything about it. Yeah, and a lot of, like, if you listen to, like, these gurus that are more, like, holistic and things like that, they always say that illness starts in the mind and you actually manifest it to, into a physical problem. So I find all that interesting as well. You can, yeah, you can make yourself physically sick just by thinking about it. And then you've got the opposite. Your doctor gives you a sugar pill and tells you it's going to cure you and you actually cure yourself. It wasn't the sugar that done it, it was you. The placebo effect. I definitely think it's your your mind can influence your outcome. Like obviously not in every case, because sometimes, you know, the physical is just too much to overcome. But I yes. think in in cases where they're like your outcome can affect your your mental outcome your mental outlook can affect your outcome. Those are instances where it's like, yeah, you should definitely stay positive. Definitely, because you hear of people that have had an illness for a while, they didn't know about it. And then as soon as they find out about it, within like six months, you don't even recognise the person anymore because it's like that illness has now become the forefront of all their thoughts. And they just sort of like deteriorate so quickly. And then you think to yourself, well, you've actually lived with this illness for like over a year and you didn't even know about it and you were fine. And it's like now that you know about it, your health's just kind of took a dive for the worst and I think it's because because it's been brought to the forefront of their mind they're probably constantly thinking about it all the time now and it just actually detracts from their overall health 
I actually personally knew somebody who passed of um, prostate cancer that he, by the time they found it, it was stage four. And like, it takes a while to get to that point. And as soon as he knew about it, within like, yeah, like six months, he was dead. Really strange. I think your mind does have a, an influence on your body for sure. I think that's why some people just like, people who think they might be sick don't go to the doctor because they're like, if I know it's going to make it worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm like that. I just, I just never go to doctors at all, ever. I'm like, well, I don't I, know, it won't I, hurt me. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's better to not know. Yeah, learn to worry about it all the time. But anyway, this interview has now went on for an hour and a half. Jeez. <laughs> I could probably sit here and chat all night, but it's whether or not other people want to sit and listen to me chat for that long. So I think I will just say thank you for your stories it's been a really interesting chat and I like the way it actually went it wasn't just about ghosts and you know spooky things it actually took a rather interesting turn on other topics that I'm really interested in so I'm quite glad you came on and had a chat and um, so I'd just like to say thanks for your time and your stories and yeah I've had fun I've had fun too I mean I think everything is is interwoven in some way so Definitely. Well, thank you for having me on. No problem. Uh, and you can maybe come back on later on and we can talk about more things about reality. <laughs> that would be very fun, I think. Yeah, anytime. Alright, well, thanks very much. No problem. So as you heard, the conversation did go a little off topic and ended up talking about the nature of reality and... How's, how something like a curse can influence this world when it's technically supernatural in essence. But I did really, really enjoy this talk with Kara and I just loved how the conversation went. It's the kind of conversation I'd be having with friends anyway when I'm having a drink or whatever. My mind's always in that sort of space anyway. So anyway, if you enjoyed the show, please do remember to like and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening to it. They do get released every Monday on platforms such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and then later on on a Friday for YouTube. So until next time, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>